Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 102 of Books Cubed. Today, I have uh, my co-author, Lisa Mahoney, is with me, and our friend, A.L. Bruno, who writes Space Opera, and we are doing another one of our, excuse me, writing prompt shows. I had no, no voice coming out. Gracious. And before we start, I want to give a quick shout out. On Instagram, I discovered I, I was deaf for like 25 years and I have a cochlear implant. So I've been rediscovering music and I discovered an alternative alternative artist named Jay Ingram. Uh, he's a Scottish singer. He is so good. I'm going to have links to his music. I use a couple albums out. I'm going to have links to his music in the show notes. So after you've listened to all the wonderful stories that we're going to create today, uh, you can check him out. So if you've never, oops, somebody's bong is going off. Sorry, everybody who's listening. It's probably me. Hopefully not. Um, I forgot to tell the computer not to uh, alert me to things. Don't tell me things. I don't want to know. So let me explain it real quick. If you have never watched one of our prompt shows, uh, Lisa and I wrote a series called Roller Prompt Writing Journals. I'm going to look down at her. There she goes. She's holding up the mystery one, which is book number one. There's six in the series. Uh, mystery, horror. <laughs> sci-fi <laughs> romance uh fantasy and a genre mashup yes we wrote them we know we know the order we know what they're about so uh what you do is you roll dice to create writing prompts and then you write for however long we recommend 20 to 30 minutes that you write and if you don't think about it and if you just write you come up with amazing stuff and this is for all the writers who have writer's block or find themselves rewriting the same paragraph over and over and over again. We're all guilty of it at some point. So Lisa and I were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta stop doing what we're doing. We're gonna come up with a fix that's fun. We have so much fun with these. So in fact, we are going to be at the Orlando Book Reads doing a panel with the authors there in late August. So if you are going to be there, we're going to be there too. We'll also be selling the books there too. So uh, let me scoot in a little closer here. So uh, Tony is going to roll dice and Lisa, this will determine which book we're going to use. So there are six sides to the dice and six books. So roll away, Tony. Okay, here we go. First die roll is five. We rolled a five. L32, L32, sorry. Fantasy. fantasy? Bingo. Fantasy, okay, fantasy. Oh, I'm goody, right. we haven't done this one very much. Okay, next die roll. Okay, next she's going to open to a random page. Oh, so a random there are 30 sets of elements in each book followed by uh, five or six, is it five or six? Five pages of, of, um, lined pages where you write at the top the character or whatever the elements are you write them at the top and then you can write in the journal if you buy the ebooks you can down we have a thing where you can download all the stuff and print it and do it so uh, it's easy to do so you found a place you found a page great don't show everybody and so um she's showing everybody <laughs> don't look okay roll your dice tony and let's see what we're doing first the bones five <laughs> Our character is a cyclops. Oh my gosh, that's oh, interesting. Dear. Okay. Okay. What else are we rolling for? The next roll is for an object. Object. 
three. We've rolled three. We also have a magic carpet. <laughs> Sorry, just thought of something. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, no, go with that. Go third with that first roll. thought. Okay. The third roll will just be for a word that you should include in your story. Four. Fever. Fever. Okay. Oh my goodness. I, I think I've got an idea. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I just, I'm nothing, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to set my timer and no one has to watch us write because we're going to start writing and then magically be done. And then you'll get to hear us read the story. So I'm going to set my timer. I'm going to get to the timer settings timer. I'm going to start at 20 minutes and then I'm going to beg everybody for 10 for minutes five. more. We, we, it's always, we always do this. So, so if anybody out there does this, be nice to yourself. So. Yes. Yes. We do this every time we start and then we're like, Oh no, we need more time. No, there was once where in 20 minutes I came up with my story. So I was really surprised. Okay. So I'm going to hit start and, um, we are going to start writing and that's, now. Okay. Let me bring this back here. Okay. All right. So <laughs> uh, I should like first to get the humiliation over with. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Or right go last and feign sickness. Um, yeah. I will happily go last. Okay. I'll let you go you last. I'll go first to get mine over with because okay. I wasn't sure what to write. And then it kind of came to me. And of course, I didn't have enough time to complete it. But yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. I have no title. <laughs> okay. So uh, if uh, people need to be reminded, our three words are our three elements are a cyclops, a magic carpet and a fever. And we're writing a fantasy. Okay, so. Somehow, Jenny's finger ended up in Maggie's eye, probably because Maggie had just insulted her sister, and six-year-olds aren't as capable of controlling themselves as 10-year-olds. So Maggie spent the afternoon in Dr. Gregor's waiting room before coming home wearing a yellow eye patch covered in tiny red hearts. Jenny had laughed at her, and Maggie was tempted to give her, a sister, give her sister a matching injury, but she didn't. She was 10. She was almost a grown-up. Instead, she stuck out her tongue and retreated to the little office that her mother had made in the attic. Well, in part of the attic. Most of it was a big mess. But on one side, her mother had tucked a desk against a wall, sitting it on a circular rug, surrounding it by boxes of books. Her mom's job was reading stories and telling people what she thought of them. Sometimes she let Maggie pick out the next book to read. It was hot up there when the fan wasn't plugged in, but it was comfy and familiar and it scared her sister, so she liked it. And tonight, as her mother was making dinner, she casually asked Maggie for help. Can you pick out a pretty cover for me? Something that looks fun. I need to read something fun. Maggie didn't feel like sitting at her mother's desk, so she pushed a box toward the center of the attic where her grandmother's things were stored. She wanted to sit in the platform rocker that her mother had said she was going to fix up and put in her room since before she'd been Jenny's age and it was still in the attic. Oh, and I kind of missed around here. Okay, let's see. Uh, 
But her mother, she couldn't get to it because her mother had been moving things around. A baby carriage, a dollhouse, something daddy called a steamer trunk. Jenny had thought that meant it was full of steam. It wasn't. Maggie laughed at her, but she'd been disappointed. Boxes of baseball cards that her mother had said were worthless, but her daddy couldn't part with. Maggie pushed and shoved and dragged until all that was left near the chair was an old rolled up rug. It looked heavy and dusty. She didn't want to touch the dirty fringe, so she gave it a shove with her foot. It slid away from the chair and unrolled. Maggie waved at the air as the dust filled the room. And then her good eye was watering and she rubbed at it and stumbled just a bit. And she felt the soft rug under her toes and a cool breeze hit her face. And she was sliding as if someone was dragging the rug and her along with it. And that's it. Oh, nice. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> I want to hear more. I liked that. Yeah, I really, you captured those two, the, that young voice really well. I loved it. Yes, agreed. And Thanks. the, the sense memory or the sense discussion about touching the carpet and then the feeling of being dragged and also just the, the, the sticking out the tongue really kind of made me just kind of happy because it's real yeah. so I, I know isn't that how even as adults is that how we want to behave god yes are you kidding me oh, oh okay all right that was excellent melissa i really loved Thanks. it it was just Thanks. very cute okay so mine is well it is it's uh here goes here goes nothing and i i handwrite so i'm going to stumble over some of my writing a little bit i'm sure that's okay this is titled the golden thread well like that beshmak shivered as the fever flared the sweat droplets covered his forehead and pooled in the corner of his eye he blinked away the salt and raised his hand to alleviate the stinging but his hand kept miscalculating the center of his forehead landing on an ear or his nose or just a general pimply vicinity up near his receding hairline. The fever was making him delirious. He had to get the bullet out of his leg, but first he had to figure out how to get to Pemeca back. Bring us the golden thread or you'll never see your wife again. Think, he gritted his teeth moaning through the pain and tried to focus. Golden thread? He knew nothing about any thread, golden or otherwise. He knew something was wrong when he got home from SPES, the Society for the Preservation of Enchanted Secrets, where he was a third tier bookkeeper. Timeca's usual spices of coriander and thyme were absent. The door was ajar and thumps and throaty moans landed in his ears. Eye wide, he took in the mess and saw with anguish his wife tied and beaten in the antique rocking chair. Her eye was swollen shut, but her head lifted in earnest when she, when she screamed, when he screamed, no. The goons turned on him, stop there. Beshma continued, nothing would keep him from his love. Two wrestled him to the ground. Give them what they want, Timeka's voice eked out. What? What do you want? As if you didn't know. I don't, he pleaded. One goon pinned his shoulders to the, the ground, forearm choking him. He was losing air, but managed to maneuver the tangle of them on the floor closer to his wife 
and caressed her slippered foot. She let out a hopeful shudder. Please tell me what you want, Beshmak softened his voice. The ringmaster goon leaned down and whispered in his ear, the golden thread. The words repeated over and over. He hoped the repetition would give him some clue, but nothing came. Ring, the head goon swore, damn it, time's up. He directed one of his lackeys to untie Taimeka from the chair and get her to the van. Beshmak took the little slice of freedom to fight back. His efforts were thwarted. Bang, fire shot through his thigh. As he slumped to the floor, he heard Taimeka's feet shuffling out the door. Bring us the golden thread or you'll never see your wife again. In and out of consciousness, he fought off the pain and thought and thought and thought, but to no end. He feared he'd never see Taimeka again. With a small burst of fight in him, he pulled himself up to rest his back against the couch and tore at the throw, a wedding gift from his boss that lay across the arm. Using his teeth, he ripped a strip of the blanket and tourniqueted his oozing leg. He thought about their wedding just three months earlier, how pretty Taimeka looked with baby's breath wringing her head, mascara and deep purple eyeshadow accentuating her eye. He sighed and began to cry. Why him? Why her? What was this thread they were willing to kill for? As he wallowed, a single beam of light began pulsing in the shred of fabric rip, uh, gripping his leg. The surprise of such a strange phenomenon sobered him slightly. He rubbed the tears and sweat from his eye and caught movement on the couch. With some hesitancy, the remainder of the blanket shimmied and sparkled and levitated. What the? Beshma collected what senses he had left tugged on the golden thread dangling from the throw and pulled himself up and onto the tattered carpet. It floated out the door, causing Beshmak to duck. He ignored his fever. He pushed through, he pushed past his pain and yelled, Taimeka, I'm coming. Oh, nice. Nice. That was great. That was, that was fantastic. Great. Holy cow, the, the specificity, I, I mean, was amazing. It was so vivid to me. And it was very uh, subtle that she was a cyclops. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, there was. Uh, I, mentioned the, I mentioned the eye so many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, you, you actually, when there was a line where you actually said eye instead of eyes, and I went, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That was awesome. Anyway. I actually really liked that. It was, it was awesome. Well, thank you. I don't. Yeah. I don't anything. Was <laughs> so. that a van? Is so was that modern times? Yeah. Yeah. So I like it's, um, it's. I like urban. the secret society too. What was it called again? The preservation for the, <laughs> the the press no the society for the preservation of enchanted secrets <laughs> yeah i freaking loved that yeah I don't, they, what a cool urban fantasy you have to you have to keep that one yes that's that's one you've got to get ready for. yeah yeah i like that i, I love yeah i love the secret society that's just that fantastic was, that was just amazing 
Okay, well, I got to do this. Okay, let's rip, let's rip, rip the Band-Aid off. Mine, <laughs> mine is called Love Thump. Love okay. Thump? Love. Love Thump. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Galliac was terrible at two things. Love and being a magic carpet pilot. He supposed he shouldn't have, should have expected it. He was a cyclops after all, not the sexiest of the kingdom's denizens. And flying was something that, generally speaking, required just a smidge more depth perception than his monocular vision provided. He never would have climbed aboard the damn thing in the first place, but tonight was the fever dance and Apollonia had agreed to be his date. Her acceptance had been the result of a hard fought campaign of begging, pleading and throwing tantrums. But tonight, tonight, he was determined to win her over. There would never be another chance. All he needed to do was, all he needed to do so was the passion potion of the ancients. And that only existed on the Forbidden Isle. Galliac had to succeed. His own safety be damned. Of course, the Forbidden Isle was a tiny shopping archipelago about 45 miles away from its village of Love Thump, and it was known as much for its barbecued elf as it was the mysteries of the Forgotten World. The magic carpet wasn't anything to write home about either. It had been abandoned by a shady spice merchant years before, and it sort of just become the Love Thump's communal transport. The only requirement was that it be cleaned and dried after use. That rule, of course, had come into being after Spittle the f Goblin had used it as a party carpet for a bachelorette party of horny sprites. The, the horrors the town witnessed when the carpet was returned that day were still whispered about in hushed tones. None of this mattered to Galliac. As he soared above the treetops, his loincloth flapping in the breeze, prompting horrified calls to cover that up from the more prudish of tree fairies as he passed overhead. All he could think about was Apollonia, her thick hips, her cascading purple hair, her yellow toenailed feet, and of course, her single ruby red eye. If there was a more beautiful creature in all of the kingdom, he had not seen it. And tonight, tonight, she would be his. She doesn't like you, you know, the magic carpet whispered into his mind. Shut up, Galliac whined. Just fly me to the potions. Or, you know, we could gamble, the cap carpet offered. Roll some bones, maybe? I hear Bastardo's wallet-wrecking emporium gives away free drinks. For the last time, no, Galliac yelled. This night is for Apollonia and no one else. Fine, whatever, carpet sighed. Bastardo's probably too cool for you anyway. Galliac glared down at the faded pattern on the carpet. Did you, did you just throw down? He said. All Galliac could see in his head was the image of the carpet smiling. You son of a bitch, I'm broke! Galliac yelled at the magic carpet. He flopped on the muddy street outside of the gaudily lit entrance to Bastardo's and punched the ground. I've been waiting to buy that potion for weeks. I, I to told you she's, she's, carpet said, swaying, swaying side to side, unsteady on its tassels. She's not worth it. Are you drunk? Galliac asked carpet. Guilty, carpet giggled. How? Galliac asked, incredulous. 
A carpet never drinks and tells, he replied, then doubled over, laughing at something only he found funny. Galliac crossed his arms. I hope you're happy, he blurted. You've ruined my night. Carpet didn't answer. When Galliac looked back to him, Carpet was happily chatting up a leggy wood elf with a name tag that read Candy. I said, Galliac insisted, you ruined my night. Right, right. Carpet said, waving his tassel at the sparkling-eyed elf as she strutted away, blowing him a kiss. Tell you what, I'll take you back to, you tell Apollonia I have enchanted you, and it'll all be okay. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Galliac replied. Trust me, Carpet said, grinning. It'll work. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Apollonia scoffed when Galliac knelt in front of her. The fury dance was in full swing. Cyclops, satyrs, and horsey people, Galliac always forgot their name, writhed and, writhed and swayed to the sick beat pounded out by a pair of helmeted goblins at the front of the stage. It was magical, it was sexy, and it was completely out of Galliac's reach. Apollonia looked away, bored. No, Galliac said, spreading his arms wide. I, I mean it, I'm enchanted. He offered her a toothy grin. You're muddy and you smell like ass, Apollonia replied. She thrust her palm towards him. I knew it was a bad idea to say yes. She turned away, a hulking troll with a spray pan and a Bridges for Life tattoo spreading across his bulging bicep as he led her away. Led her away. Told you she didn't like you, Carpet whispered. You suck, you know that, Galliac answered. Carpet didn't reply, but instead sagged. Galliac realized with a start that he'd hurt the cat magic Carpet's feelings, and he blew out a loose-lipped sigh. Listen, Galliac began. He didn't get to finish. Carpet instead burst into the air, dragging one of the wooden punch bowls from the snack table into the air. He wobbled ahead and with a wavering lunge, poured the contents of the punch bowl onto Apollonia's head. Run! Carpet screamed in his head. Galliac didn't have to be told twice. Told you she didn't like you, Carpet said later as he and Galliac sat on a nearby cliff, looking out over the moonlit ocean far below. But she's my dream, Galliac sighed. No, she's your fantasy, Carpet corrected. I don't think you've figured out your dream yet. Galliac turned to him, surprised. That actually makes sense. Of course it does, Carpet replied. You're not my first passenger, you know. Galliac took a deep drag on his pipe. Well then, he said, to figuring out my dream. To your dream, Carpet replied, raising a tassel. He flopped, he flopped back on the ground next to Galliac and sighed. Just remember to clean me up tomorrow. That wood elf was to my dream, Galliac repeated loudly, determined not to hear how that sentence ended. This time, Carpet kept his mind hole shut. The end. Oh, that was great. As always, you don't disappoint us, Tony. You I really can't, don't. When oh I, my gosh. It's, it was actually going to go in a very different direction. 
But then I had the idea of what if he loses his money? There was going to be like a merchant and she was going to talk him out of it. And he was yeah. going to, he was going to learn his lesson the old fashioned way. And then I thought, no, let's make the carpet a player. <laughs> and I like that spittle. Yes. Was, was back around again. It, it, one of our early episodes, I forget which one. Uh, yeah. Tony's uh, wrote a, what was the name of the story? Spittle the demon. Yeah. So sorry, yes. we cursed. I'm sorry, people. Oh, yeah, I should have said that beforehand. It occurred to me as I was reading. I was like, oh, I think boy. I'll bleep those out because I think that we have issues when you curse. I think really? that that yeah, I think we do. So I'll bleep those out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, to cough. Okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's hysterical. Really hysterical. So one of these days, at this rate, I'm gonna. I'm going to keep doing these because I could write an anthology of a really sad, weird fantasy world. Well, and, and what I liked is I, I love that bridging of bringing um, Spittle in and it, you know, and it could, I could so see this as like link stories and each story will reference one thing from the other story before it, Yeah, you know? So like in the next story, Spittle won't be there, but you know, maybe the magic carpet is, or, you know, like, <laughs> going you know just this kind of domino yeah. effect yeah. that was just it's always so entertaining and the details and my gosh the the dialogue uh, you know and just <laughs> and, and just the oh. way you perform it too you know yeah. reading these just don't they're good but the performance just elevates it even so much more uh, thank you. I I actually had a lot more fun writing that than I thought I was going to today. I know we all came into this kind of like oh like we're so tired and everything and yeah yes. I, I did have I had more more fun and energy than I thought I would have. <laughs> yeah yeah same here and same and I here. have not written in a couple of days and so this was fun this was fun I would like to get to a point where I can write more than one page I wrote four hundred and fifty six words I'm really trying for for when i can just plot because we we ended up writing about 40 minutes instead um, of we started at 20 we added 10 and then we added five but i forgot to start the timer for about five minutes so how many words did you get to tony do you know 1028 okay so i don't know i should type this in and tell you guys but so i have one two three four um four and a half written pages yeah, look wow. at that. So, That's that. Yeah, and yours was this beautiful story. I was like, oh my god. And Melissa had this beginning of, oh my god, this is a wonder. And I'm writing about horny carpets. <laughs> I love the horny carpet. So, and you know the idea. I, I'd like to see the. Uh, what was the name of the guy again? Galliac. I would like to see him with the carpet doing more things, maybe even taking people on tours and things, you know, <laughs> I, I have to admit Galliac comes from a, from a game of Boulder dash from 20 odd years ago. And there was, they, we heard Galliac and Haffle were both words. And over a night of giggling, we decided that Galliac had an incontinent steed named Haffle. So I will somehow work Haffle into something in my life. You have Gall to. yeah, Galliac and his incontinent steed Haffle. So yeah, so and now that I know Galliac's a a a, a lovelorn Cyclops, that adds more. So yeah, rides magic carpets for a yeah, who, yeah, oh. I, the 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 community carpet. 
Yes. He's like, he's yes. like the driver, right? Yeah. Yes. And now I have a picture of like the bike racks in cities now that you can rent a bike, a bunch of carpets all like lined up. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much yeah. you can do with that. I, I just love that. Your, your, so, both of yours were very visual. I really loved them. Well, I loved your guys' too. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm really happy with our stories this week. Yeah. They were fun. And yeah, like Lisa said, when we first uh, came on, we've talked about 15 minutes before I started recording and all of us were just, oh, man, I'm so <laughs> tired. I don't want to be doing this. And and but it's always like that. You know, you sit down, we start and then we write and we have just the best time ever. And it's just the randomness and it's the not thinking. And unfortunately, I think too much still and I'm trying to get out of my head, but eventually uh, maybe i think one time when i wrote the story about the girl with the dragon it's the only time i really and i wrote a lot too it was it was long but it's about the only time i ever really kind of let go and i, I need and to, i love that story too that was fun i want to revisit that and and do more with that yeah. and that was a fantasy that was the last time we did fantasy which was a few months ago i think uh, but this was so much fun. I am so glad you could come on today, Tony. Thank you, Thank Lisa. You, and no hold problem. the book up again. Anybody who is watching oh, on, hold on video. Oh, Tony, hold your book up. Tony has <laughs> a new book out. Okay, there's our roller prompt writing journal. It's Yay. a fantasy book. Tony writes Space Opera, and he just had a book come out this week oh, called Stars Forever Black. So hold that up for everybody. If you are on video, cool. it is yep. really good. It is Thank thick. You. It uh, is yeah, a fun <laughs> yeah it's a fun fast read as one uh reviewer wrote and yeah. it's really good i'll have links in the show notes to our roller prompt books to tony's book i know his second book is getting ready to come out he has mm -hmm. a trilogy the whole trilogy is done so you don't have to wait years and years the second book is coming out june july is what it's looking like july do although you think the third will be out by christmas uh, oh, absolutely. Um, I do want to add one thing that you said that, to, to, that kind of circles back on that, and that is um, about writing without thinking. Um, it is so easy as a writer to second and triple and quadruple guess yourself. And as I'm editing book two, as Melissa knows, I am stuck in that vicious cycle right now. Tonight was a nice reminder to just trust your gut. Just trust your gut. So. Yeah. Yeah, don't All think right. about it. Just write. Oh, no words were yep. better spoken. Yep. So, yep. right. You get the words, get the words out there. So I want to thank you both for coming on. You can find all the links to everything we have talked about in the show notes. If you have a comment or want to suggest a book for me to chat with the author on a future show, go down to the show notes again and you'll see the word comment. It will take you over to the YouTube page and I will see your comment. If you comment on whatever the podcast is, I may not see it. So please go to the YouTube page to comment. I'm also on Instagram under books underscore cubed. So you can find me there and don't forget to check out Jay Ingram's music. I will have a link to his stuff in the show notes and, uh, that's it. So we, we will be back. I will be back another time and we do these once a month. So uh, we'll be back and I'm rambling and I'm going to stop it and you go read a good book. I'll see you next time.